0: You are now listening to the Retirement Lifestyle Show with Roshan Lugani, Eric Olson, and Adrian Nicholson. This show is an exploration of ideas to help you work towards your ideal retirement. Roshan Lugani and Eric Olson are certified financial planner practitioners that serve clients across the U.S., They offer financial planning and investment advice through Arate Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor, and securities through Arate Wealth Management, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, and NFA. Get ready for the financial independence of your dreams.
1: Welcome to the Retirement Lifestyle Show. I'm Roshan Langani, and I'm joined as usual by Eric Olson and Adrian Nicholson. We're here to help you achieve your dreams, have a happy and fulfilling retirement. Today, with everything going on with the interest rate uh, environment, we're going to talk about whether it makes sense to refinance your mortgage or not, some of the things you should look for, uh, how it can impact you in the long run. Eric, how are you doing? How are you handling the quarantine week three? <laughs> Wow. Uh,
2: yeah, it's it's a change of lifestyle, is it not? It's just incredible how uh, restrictive it does feel. very much so, right? How, how about um
1: how about you, Adrian? How are you handling the quarantine?
3: Um, everything's been pretty good on my end. I kind of had a little bit of a bummer this week. My Twitter was hacked, so I had to just deactivate the whole thing, Oh no! <laughs> which which is tough. Just losing a social media app like this during this time kind of is a little bit of a bummer. But, you know, this, this kind of stuff happens, so I just got to move on and just find something else. So I hope just, the hacker represented you well. It was, it was, it's just like one of those like Ray-Ban glasses for like 24 bucks and just sent it to like someone like my followers. And it was just, it was just a mess. So I just deactivated the whole thing.
2: Now I want to see you in some Ray-Bans because I do think you're kind of like styling it all the time anyway. So yeah. this is like just adding to your, your rep.
3: Yeah, I know, I know. But I, it was a little bit of a bummer. But like I said, <laughs> I thought it was an inside job. But I'm I'm gonna be moving on from it.
1: Inside job? Does that mean a friend's playing a prank on you?
3: Well, it's like it's kind of like the running joke. Uh, like all my friends, they always want me to make like an Instagram. You know, like get hip. Just make one. Why don't you make one? You have all the other social media apps. And I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm okay. And then my Twitter randomly gets hacked during quarantine, and then I just make an Instagram. So. so. Awesome. <laughs> So I think it was all one big inside job. Yeah,
1: it, my it, that happened. Uh, that Ray-Ban thing actually happened to my brother-in-law a few months ago. Oh, wow. And uh, he's just not known for posting stuff. Yeah. So uh, someone texted like the family group and and said, did you get hacked? And I wrote, or is this some kind of side hustle? You're trying to move uh, Ray-Ban sunglasses. Know, or they were actually yeah. fake
3: Ray-Ban sunglasses. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, that's
1: oh, great. <laughs> Yeah, that is that is crazy. Anything else interesting? Uh Eric, what are you doing for um uh for your workout? I know
2: you were hitting the gym hard <laughs> before. Okay, so I went on to the, I was just searching everywhere. And yeah, uh, I don't know if our listeners listeners, you can fast forward through this if you want to, but the uh so what I was doing like crazy was every few hours going online and seeing if I could find someplace on Craigslist or wherever these, um, these adjustable barbells. Have you seen them? It's like Bowflex yes. has them, yeah. uh, Iron Master has them, uh, Power Block yeah. has them. There's like 10, 15 different companies that, that are out there. Anyway, uh, and so I send a message to the person who's, who's selling them, and I'm always being beat out. I mean, honestly, what's going to happen after this podcast is I'm hoping on a check and see that this one uh, party up in Frankfurt, Michigan, that's a six-hour drive for me, uh, is going to say, hey, the other person didn't show up. You can drive up here. So I am desperate to get my hands on some of those things because um, all I've been doing is putting these five-gallon buckets of you know measuring in the water to get them to about. the Right, the right weight. My wife, as I she had these, um, well, I'll say it, I'll say it, I'm just gonna tell you. So, she had these, um, uh, these, uh, resistance core, a resistance cord and a resistant band. Actually, I, I came to find out pretty good resistance on them from this one, you know, women's workout thing. So, I've now ordered those, and those came in the mail a couple of days ago. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just yeah, what are you gonna do, man? I, it's like putting these uh, putting these resistance bands, hooking them up to the staircase, and then trying to pull as hard as I possibly can against <laughs> yeah. them till they're stretched to the max. Just trying to do whatever I can. It, I I cannot wait for the gym to open up again. I mean, how about you guys? How are you pulling this well, off? Well, actually,
1: Eric, I got to ask is the getting the bar, the dumbbells, are you unable to get them or is it similar to me where you're too frugal to pay that much money for the
2: dumbbells? Oh, and f- well, this time so they sell depending on the n- amount of weight, the 90 pounders um mm-hmm. will be depending on the the make. You know, they'll be somewhere in the, uh, 600 to $700 area. Yeah. And so some of them are now on sale out there for eight, eighteen hundred, two thousand. 2000. I mean, people oh. are recognizing that a lot of people are not able to get to the gym. So I'm not willing to pay that. Yeah. But, um, if it's like seven, seven, eight hundred bucks, I'm willing to pay that. To, so, listeners, if you have some, <laughs> if you have some Bowflex, BoFlex ten nineties that you're trying to unload, uh, give me a, you know, dial me, man. I want to, I would buy them from you. I'll pay the shipping. I'll drive there if it's within, you know, five, five to six hours. I'll drive there yeah wow <laughs> or if you've got some power blocks that go up to 90 or whatever just yeah, get a absolutely. hold of me
1: <laughs> i can't believe there are people are selling so 1500 bucks so they're essentially charging twice as much
2: oh more than twice more like than close twice. to three yeah three it's craziness
1: wow. <laughs> yeah i've actually noticed that with some fitness stuff too where the prices have gone way way up so people have figured out that beyond um premiums on purell and toilet paper there's home
2: home workout gear <laughs> well fortunately if you look hard enough you can find uh, so I'll just uh, here so I just uh, this is a shout out to the company where maybe I shouldn't this isn't an ad I don't have anything related to that I think I can mention it so there's this uh, outfit called thera band Theraband is the one that authored the the color system that's used within the rehab and therapy systems. So if you're if you're looking for a little bit more resistance, go up to find the gold or the silver. If you got gold or silver, those are the the top two tiers of all. You'll, you'll probably be able to get enough resistance if you double it up. You can buy it by the foot. I bought the gold an eight foot stretch of the gold, and so I can double it up and. I think I'm actually going to go back and get another one of the goals this time about, you know, maybe 12 feet. So I've got plenty of extra. But anyway, it's out there. If you'll you just look for it. Yeah. Alternative solutions. Right. Yeah. And you
1: can't
2: can't but, get stuff at a regular, regular price. Exactly. Now, Adrian, you play a lot of hoops and Roshan, you play a lot of hoops, but now that's shut down. What are you doing?
3: Yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, trying to do my daily runs, maybe go to the court, get get a couple shots up, but just doing anything just to really, you know, get out the house, get some fresh air while I can. And you see all these creative videos now on social media, people just doing like home workouts, just lifting random objects in their house just to get some lifts. And so, you know, it's being as creative as possible during these times in your home is just you know, basically the go to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I ordered some, uh, I ordered a weight bench and some weights that arrived last week. But uh, before that, I was getting creative. I was uh, doing triceps by taking my one year old behind my head. And and he loved it. He's cracking up. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do three sets of 10. (laughs) And when, when I when I'm done and can't do anymore, he's like more. He <laughs> he
2: wants more. Well, wait a second. So you're telling me that your wife is going? She's totally chill with that. She's watching. Oh, he he loves it. Okay, all right. <laughs> she has no problem. And then
1: uh, I had uh, I did push-ups with my oldest on my back. Oh, that's and, great. Uh, this was one of my workouts before the weights arrived. And then I did I had I used my daughter, so my um, who is uh, I used her for curls. I had her lay down, and I was literally doing <laughs> <laughs> with curls. So. It was a family workout, and they all loved it. They're like, more, more by the time I can't do anymore there. They're, they're having a great time. <laughs> Dad's completely gone to fatigue. I can't do it anymore. Yeah,
2: exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, oh, that's great. Well, okay, so we should we should tell people how long we planned on talking so they could have just fast forwarded through all of that. So, but we're talking about mortgages today. (laughs) Why are we talking about mortgages? What's why uh, is this important to our listeners?
1: Well, Eric, you tell me. I've gotten uh, over the last month, I've gotten a lot of emails and calls from people who actually had really good rates on their mortgage, yeah, saying um, should I refinance? Uh And um, uh, and I thought that with interest rates. Going down as much as they have it's it's definitely a conversation worth having,
2: yeah, yeah, so uh well uh, so I do think it is it's certainly worth a conversation now uh, i I'm imagining that many of our listeners who are homeowners have, are either have paid off their mortgages or uh, have at least um, you know locked in some rates. I think back in 2013, you had some rates late 2012, early 2013. There were some rates in there that were really spectacular. And, uh, you know, so if you've got that, I wouldn't say necessarily run out and disrupt it. But if you if you, let's say, had set yours At a four or a four and a half, or even a five, and you can find stuff now on a thirty-year that's in the mid to low threes, or you can find a fifteen-year that's in the high twos or or a three. I do think it's probably worth uh, considering, and uh, in fact, for that matter, I'm just one who believes it's valuable to get. as, as much as the tax benefit, you know, once upon a time, maybe was there for interest on a mortgage anymore, I'm not so convinced that it's that big an advantage. Um, and so if you can pound through that debt a little faster with a lower rate, man, oh man, I think you'll be so happy. Yeah, so I would absolutely. say it, when you're looking at this rate reset, maybe, let's say that you've been on a 30-year for a while, you've been on a 15 for a while. If you go out and you do a reset, I'd also encourage you to think about doing it in such a way that you um, you maintain your existing payment level, your monthly payment amount toward principal and interest rather than ratchet it down because now you have a, a, a assuming that you, let's say you're five years into a 15-year, You really only have 10 years left to pay. But if you redo a 15-year, now you're just pushing it out five years further.
3: Just keep counting
2: away. Hold on. Let's come back to
1: this. I want to talk about that a little bit. Different strategies with the mortgage once you decide to refinance. Yeah. Um, Freddie Mac has a, a, literally if you Google like historical mortgage rates, Mm -hmm. Freddie Mac gives you mortgage rates from 1971 to present by month. Mm Mm-hmm average rates. So I, I was looking at this. If you bought your home just two years ago, roughly July 2018, the average rate was four point or four point five three percent. The average rate right now is three point four five. So you're saving more than a percent. Let's talk about that person first. Yeah. So let's say I'm that guy I bought a, I I got my property two two years ago and we're speaking in generality, so not specific to anyone, just because uh, we don't know uh, all the details for anyone, right? So, in general, if they're, we're in a vacuum and just talking about the mortgage rate, I call you and I say, Eric, I got my mortgage two years ago. Uh, it's uh, you know, it's uh, I spoke to a mortgage guy, and I can save about a percent uh, annually on my mortgage. Keep the number simple. Hundred thousand dollar loan. Should I do it or not? What, what do you? What questions do you ask? What
2: follow up or what? Do you, what do you? What do you say? Well, one of the things I'm going to ask about is is precisely one of the variables that you just introduced, which is how much left is on the balance of your mortgage, because just as people mm-hmm. may know, uh, but if they if you don't, listener don't know this already. Uh, to a certain extent, what rate a, a lender is willing to offer is in part a function of how much you're borrowing. So the if you're borrowing a really small amount, um, let's say less than $100,000, there are some lenders that just don't even really want to get tied up with that sort of a process because they have all the same processing costs and other things like that, irrespective of what the dollar amount is on the loan itself. So in order for them to recoup those costs, not only the the processing cost, but they want to make some profit on the loan itself. I mean, they're, you know, let's say they have a quarter percentage point built into the loan. I'm not saying it's that much uniformly for every lender, but let's just say that that every mortgage uh, broker, let's say that you might interact with has got some sort of markup on there so that that's how they're paid. And they're building a book of, of, of loans under their, under their, purview that they've served, and and so those continue to pay them that kind of renewable income stream. So the um, you know they're going to have that, but if it's if they're re- required to add no more to a larger mortgage than to a smaller mortgage, in some cases they're just going to go. It's not worth it for me to mess around with a you know forty thousand or fifty thousand dollars mortgage, whereas it might be for a two hundred two hundred fifty thousand dollars mortgage. So that's just bear in mind that what rates you find out there may be a function of of, uh, what your, the amount you're borrowing. The second thing is that coming back to Roshan's, your question, Roshan is you, there, there are fixed costs. You're going to have, you know, the, the title search and all the other uh, appraisals and all these other costs. And so when you incorporate all those into it, let's say that you say, I'm going to pay that out of pocket. You could do that. That might be, I'm just ballparking it now, five grand, give or take. Um, for all those costs and, um, and, and, or you might say, no, Hey, amortize that, roll that into the amount that's lent to me. So it'll cover all of those costs. So I don't have to do much, if anything out of pocket, and then I'll just pay that off as part of the overall mortgage. You could do that, but it's once you, you just really have to look and say, after I go through those additional transactions costs, I'll call those, Mm -hmm. I'll call those, I'll summarize those all as transactions costs are you really gonna save that much? So you have to do the math and you have to get some quotes. Well, how, uh, how Eric, about let me you? stop you on that for a
1: second. Sure. Uh, uh, I'd ask the same thing. What's it gonna cost? And then, uh, and then what, what do you save? Now, I think the five grand's probably a little high. Uh, now, uh, uh, tell the listeners, please go talk to a mortgage person to yeah. find out, right? But uh, my understanding is that when you get a new property, closing costs are around 3%. And refinancing is closer to 1% of the loan. Okay. So, so, and, and, uh, take, uh, using a hundred thousand to make the math easy. So taking the, the, Scenario of no one wants to talk to you about refinancing because it's so low off the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if it's a hundred thousand dollar loan and the closing costs are one percent, we're talking a thousand bucks. So that that's the question. Now, another thing I've heard uh, as a general guideline, and I've talked to clients on both sides of this and and said to do it or not to do it, even if it if it followed the guideline, is um is that you should get back your closing costs in about eighteen months. So if you can refinance and get those closing costs back in about 18 months, which you know, if it's a 30-year loan, that means for the rest of the 28 and a half years you're, you're ahead, uh, they say it's worthwhile. Now, the, the next question I would ask, though, besides closing costs, where, which applies to this rule, are what are your plans with the property, right? If you're, if you're living in this property for another year and you're going to get your closing cost money back in 18 months, well, you lost six months worth. Mm-hmm. Right, because you're going to leave in a year. On the flip side, if it's going to take you three years to recoup your closing costs, but this is the home you're you're planning on living in forever, maybe you violate the uh, general rule and do the refinance. So, I think the first point we both touched on uh, is uh, closing costs. The second one I brought up is what's the plan with the property.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: What would you ask or add on? Add on next. Uh, add on to what I said, either for, for both of you or uh, a different question you'd ask or a different thing to think about when refinancing.
3: I think uh, also important point for our listeners to know is: um, what would you think, Eric Roshan, when it when you have the option of going from an ARM loan and adjustable rate mortgage to a fixed one? I think. Is important, you know, first looking at the interest rate environment, like you said, Roshan, understanding, you know, how long are you going to be in this property and just really crunching the numbers to seeing if it is worth to make this type of change.
1: So I'm going to write that question down, arm versus fix, so I don't forget, but I am I may pause on it because I want to say, is there anything else you would ask or think about before you? Cause to, to me... When you get to the arm versus fixed, that's, a, that's a, the point of I've decided I should refinance. Mm-hmm. Now, what product should I get? So before you decide to refinance, knowing the closing costs and knowing the intent of the property, is there anything else you think you should know uh, before you determine whether you're refinancing or not? No, I don't necessarily have anything in mind. I'm just curious if if either of you have any any other thoughts.
2: I don't, but I uh, I don't have that's related to the question of whether or not at a purely rational mathematical level it makes yeah. sense. I think you've covered it. If okay, uh, you're, how long are you going to be in the place? If you're going to absorb those transactions costs, maybe it just doesn't make sense. It, you won't. Re, it won't make enough of a difference to go through all the hassle. Uh, but, but I think you've asked those key questions, but I still think there are worthwhile questions to pose to the homeowner from thinking about it from uh, a retirement lifestyle standpoint.
1: Yeah, so, so I agree. And actually, I, I looked this up too previously and I just checked it again. Eric, you mentioned something at the beginning, which is uh, uh, people being mortgage free right mm-hmm. you know and and uh that's where i think the retirement lifestyle thing comes into play because uh uh i looked this up and it's 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 gone up a little bit but it said only according to um zillow only 37% of people are mortgage free mm-hmm. so the vast majority of people have a mortgage and almost always uh have a mortgage uh so to speak but getting back to the question of um of uh of refinancing so let's say now you've decided okay i should I'll probably, let's say you're going to stay in this property so beyond the break-even time period at the very mm-hmm. least. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the first question. Uh, And the second uh, point, uh, beyond the break-even of the closing costs, you'll stay in the property. So now you're looking into the mortgage and you're going out there and you're trying to shop for deals and rates. Mm -hmm. So then, Adrian, your question now, and I'm sorry, I just feel like I added a bunch of stuff in the middle where I could have just asked it (laughs) (laughs) from the beginning, uh, about arm versus fixed. I think uh, the plan for the property is very important here. And, uh, this is also where I think you need a good mortgage person because, uh, uh, they'll also tell you in general if it's worth it or not for you. So plan versus property for me is easy. If you're, if you're, uh, in a property, you think you'll be in for five years, uh, and you can get an adjustable rate mortgage that gives you a little bit of buffer. Maybe it's a seven year adjustable, uh, and, uh, it may be worthwhile. Then I hesitate because that's the point where I would ask the mortgage person, Hey, is it worth it? Am I saving enough in a lower interest rate to do the, uh, to do the arm. And I know over the last 20 years, speaking to mortgage people, I've seen various scenarios. I remember I had one client once looking for a, um, a, uh, Ten-year arm, but the interest rate was actually higher uh, than getting uh, l- like a thirty-year fixed. Or I may have the scenario wrong. I think it was a, I had a client that was thinking about a five-year arm, and it was actually lower interest rate on the seven-year arm, which is not typical. Mm. So it's like, hey, get the you know get the uh, seven seven-year, seven yeah. uh, or if the difference is is worthwhile. So for me, the first decision uh, on arm versus uh, adjustable rate goes to how long you'll be. I'm sorry, arm versus fixed is how long will you be in the property Mm -hmm. and making sure there's a buffer. In the crisis that happened in 2007, the housing crisis, I think a big mistake a lot of people made was using the arm to get into a property they couldn't afford.
3: Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly. And um I believe it's uh, the teaser rate as well was a big issue where you'd have these like low rates on these mortgages and then the uh, rates would just increase after a, a certain time period as well which you know people weren't able to afford and then delinquent payments started to skyrocket.
1: Eric, have you seen that or Adrian, have either of you seen that? Uh, I I haven't seen teaser rates since uh 2007 or 8 but adrian you're right on people would get this really really low rate temporarily and then the rate would get back to the normal rate you yeah. know, not the teaser rate and they couldn't afford the payment now i imagine it's out there again uh just because uh from what i've seen i feel like all the loans that they said weren't great ideas have come back but now they're just more stringent in terms of credit uh rating and documentation yeah. My favorite I talk about all the time, I know I mentioned this on our uh, season two financial planning one, is the NINJA loan, just because of the name, but it stood for no income, uh, no job, no assets, which means they didn't verify any of this, (laughs) any of these things. So now what I think is some of these crazy loans have come back, but now they verify,
2: which is at least an improvement. Well, so to, in terms of the choice of a loan, there's, you know, there's many circumstances. And so there's not one, a one size fits all, mm-hmm. uh, loan. And there's also not, that's doesn't vary merely by the individual. It also varies by the circumstance. So if let's say yes. there's been a major downturn in real estate prices, mm-hmm. and then they started to bottom, and I suppose it's, it's, reasonable to think that um, reasonable to think that going forward you might have at least flat if not appreciate an appreciating um, market for those real estate prices such as happened in as you already said the market's uh, for the residential real estate peak in 2006 and 7 and then things really start to bottom Uh, in 2010 or 11. So in in a setting like that, if you live, let's say, on one of the coasts and you're trying to buy a place in, let's say, well, let's say D.C. or Mm -hmm. New York or San Francisco or L.A. or San Diego or some of these places. Now, it might make sense for you to think about a long-dated fixed mortgage, let's say a 30-year mortgage, or And I'm going to be very cautious about recommending this normally, but I'm just at least reporting to you that these sorts of mortgages exist, is an interest-only mortgage. In other words, you're not ever chipping away at the principal. All you're doing is covering the interest cost. And then the thought process here is is that as that property gains value, um, then you're gaining equity in the home through its appreciation, not through the reduction of the principal balance of the loan. That's that's a you know very particular circumstance, maybe someone who anticipates a substantially rising income in the near future based on the nature of their career. Let's say they've recently finished med school and now you know they're they're as an intern, they're trying to buy into this place. Once they the internship completes, their income will jump substantially, you know, that might be an instance of doing that. But for the most part
1: Eric, uh, hold on. Let me let me stop yeah, you there for a second. Sure. Because uh I would argue that there there are people who this is right for, mm-hmm. but giving an arbitrary percentage, I'd say there's probably one percent of people. Okay, all right. And, and here's yeah. here's why because I I think your scenario of uh, someone mm-hmm. who's going to have a, a rapid income jump is greater than that percentage. But I think okay. what you also need is someone who's got uh, who is. Um, astute financially Mm -hmm. and not only to understand the loan, Mm -hmm. but that when that income goes up to either start voluntarily start paying some principal down Mm -hmm. or to refinance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, And, and so, so purely theoretically in a purely theoretical world, that would, this interest only thing I think is it could be a great move, right? Because, Mm -hmm. um, and I, I talk about this, this scenario with clients all the time, the appreciation of your property, uh, or the equity in your, on your, in that you have in your property has no bearing on the appreciation. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is if you own a hundred thousand dollar property and you have, uh, you know, it goes up 10% and you have no equity in it at all. Right. It goes up 10%. It went up 10 grand. If you have a hundred thousand dollar property and you've paid it in cash and it goes up 10%, it goes up 10 grand. So because of that, concept that your equity has no. Whereas in the stock market, for example, if, if you put invest 10,000 and it goes up 10%, you have 11. If you invest 100,000, it goes up 10%, you've got 110. So in the, in the, in the stock market world, the equity you have r- impacts the dollar value of growth, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. in the property, it doesn't. So that's why theoretically, I, I think the interest only is, is, a, is a good theoretical move Just in the real world, um, (laughs) I don't think it works as well. The other thing I'd point out, Eric, in my opinion, your home versus your investment property are very different. Mm -hmm. So with an interest-only loan, uh, I believe that making uh, a minor financial mistake with an interest-only loan can... Impact your life in your home, mm-hmm. whereas the same scenario with your investment property, you know, it'll hurt your credit. It'll make you lose an investment property that you don't get kicked out of your house.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you said all that because um, I, I think I was trying to start at the extreme to just identify. You know, mm-hmm. there is this option out there, and and because you know, we were talking about. Um, mortgage types that once upon a time you were using the ninja loan. In fact, yeah. I know in season two we mentioned one other type as well, which was the negative amortization loan. Instead of being yeah. interest only, in fact, it was it was uh, gradually amortizing some of the interest. And, or, or let me restate that it, you were forfeiting your, your, the balance of your mortgage actually, re, rather than shrinking, the principal balance was increasing because you were only Truly paying a portion of the interest that was owed, and the portion of the interest that you were not paying each month was being added to the principal balance. So, so was, let me
1: put numbers on this. You have a hundred thousand yeah. dollar loan. Yeah. You have this uh, it, it, this negative amortization loan. So on, let's say a hundred thousand dollar loan at five percent interest. Mm-hmm. So your five thousand dollars is your interest every year. Five percent right. of a hundred thousand. Right. Well, your payments were only twenty five hundred. So after a uh, per year let's say right. mm-hmm. so after the first year you owed one hundred two thousand five hundred dollars right that's the example Eric's getting which is insane to me that but uh, they were I, I can't believe this even this even happened but they were saying well real estate prices go up forever so even though you're gonna owe more on your mortgage than day one, uh, your property value will go up, so so this is a good move for you. That that was the what they were saying. Which, uh, if somehow you're reading this and not listening to this, you can hear the sarcasm in my voice.
2: That that you know, this is just a terrible idea. Oh, listen! I visited a million dollar home on in Milwaukee, on literally on the shore of of uh, Lake Michigan, million two, I think. And this is now this is now. 13 years ago, something like that, 14 maybe. And uh, beautiful, incredibly, they bought this great property, sloped right down to the Mm -hmm. lake, lots deep, deep property. They put up this custom built, amazing home. Their monthly mortgage payment was $1,200 a month. Because- $1,200 a month because they were using a negative am and negative amortization loan and i just thought this is not probably going to end well and sure enough <laughs> a couple years later a couple years later they lost that home because they they had not built it they had not their game plan didn't include the possibility that that would happen and they didn't have the cash flows to support it when the the market the market tanked. And so. Yeah, in, just incredible so they walked away left you know the keys on the on the counter and left the bank stiffed with that sort of thing so recklessness so i'm gonna i want to go to the other extreme and advocate for an approach before I get into my advocacy mode One is there question anything first. that either of you want to say first yeah
1: yeah well actually i want to without you know without getting too uh, nosy on those people's scenario uh-huh. Uh-huh. um like, my initial thought is to feel bad for them getting kicked out of their house uh-huh. But then, at the same time, were they were they knowingly abusing the system? Like what what was uh were, were they were they ignorant of the potential outcome? Because it seems so obvious that if you have a one point two million dollar home and you're paying the equivalent of a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage, at some point you got to pay more or get kicked out. Were they? Um, taken advantage of, or were they
2: willing participants in the madness? I think they were, uh, so I wouldn't, I'm not going to attribute it to ignorance. I'm going to attribute it to hubris. Okay. So they were convinced that the market for that home and that location and everything was such that easily it would be increasing in value you know in the high single digits on an average on an annual basis for at least some period of time, long enough to let them complete the construction long enough for them to enjoy the home for a while, long enough for them to to uh, market it and then pocket a fairly nice uh, you know a fairly nice uh, equity uh, jump mm-hmm. while controlling this asset, for basically $1,200 a month. And, um, you know, so if let's say over, they did that for five years, you're looking at somewhere around $75,000 of interest, but if it is appreciating, let's say 8% per year, which I think was their expectation on a compounded basis, that takes that million dollar home to about, you know, close to one and a half million. Mm -hmm. So on that basis alone, you know, they, they recognize, of course, of that half million dollar increase in the overall equity, there's some portion of that their loan balance that also had increased. But they would still walk away with a couple hundred thousand dollars at least, having um, really been able to control that asset for, you know, less than, like I said, $75,000. So I think it seemed to them like, hey, if I put in 75,000 over the course of five years and I walk away with two or three hundred thousand dollars, Worst things have happened. So they were, they
1: were gambling to a certain degree. They were gambling that the more, the values would go up. Right. Exactly. And that just didn't happen.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, as a, so that, that I would say, fortunately, I don't think we're living in that sort of a world though. From time to time, I do think, oh my gosh, some of the bad practices of the 2000, you know, 2004, five, six, um, are starting to resurface, and some loans are being made. I think that are a questionable, you know, questionable judgment. But, but in terms of thinking about our clients, who are, I would say, for the most part, are, you know, asking, does it make sense for me to do this refinance, or for that matter, if I've been renting, does it make sense for me to to purchase? And is this, you know, a good time, especially on the refinance side? I, I want to, I want to get into advocacy mode sometime before we we conclude yeah. our podcast. So there, did, did, was there something else that you wanted to say?
1: No, well, let, let, let's let continue on then. Uh, again, and um, actually I'll ask you a question. Yeah, I don't have very many clients that use arms, like percentage, mm-hmm. not, not, not a pro or con right. on the arm itself. Yeah. Yeah. Just when I actually do an evaluation with mm-hmm. a client on their scenario, it's uh, not very frequent that the arm is the best way to go. Do you encounter the same thing?
2: it's uncommon for me to see arms maybe it's just where i i uh, am based here in northern illinois outside chicago it's fairly stable uh, you know people are kind of here for the long haul it's sort of the way that people go about it it's not like let's say i'm thinking dc actually where you come in maybe it's with one administration you come in and you have a you have a job for a while and then the, that administration is turned out in the next election and you go home and you go do something else. So I think there's probably more turnover in some of the cities uh, where where you are. Yeah. But how, even where you are, though, you're saying you don't see it that often.
1: No, no, I don't. I, I don't see it that much. And uh, uh, it's not that I don't. Uh, it, it's it's infrequent because mm-hmm. most most of the people I work with uh, also are in the area for for the longer longer okay. term usually, right. mm-hmm. um, and. I have, have a a few clients, but, uh, that have, that have done it, but it's, it's, uh, uh, I'd say it's more the millionaire next door strategy. Right. And uh, an arm to me would be someone that's a little bit more aggressive than the millionaire next door. That's my, and I don't know if that's why either, but I've gone through the numbers uh, plenty of times. Like I've done compare every time someone's looking for a mortgage, we'll compare them. We'll compare what's out, what's out there and say which way to go. But I asked that question just to say, uh, let's talk about the, if you and I both aren't seeing arms too much and Adrian, I think it's the same for you, right? You're not seeing too many arms out there. Let's talk about the typical person that comes in. So I'm going to take us back to our scenario I bought a house in the summer of 2018. I'm paying about 4.5% in interest. Uh, for my mortgage, and I come to you and I say, okay, Eric, should I refinance? I, I, my mortgage person that I used to get my loan sent me an email. Rates are about a percentage less. Does it make sense to to uh, to refinance? We've discussed the rate, interest rate savings, and and we've discussed the. Uh, I'll probably be in the property for a long time, so I'll recoup the uh, closing costs. Uh, so. The savings make sense,
2: the cost makes sense. What's next? So, uh, you know, again, as subject the savings make sense, the cost makes sense. Then, what I'm going to say is let's start going out and hunting for which of the lenders is going to actually truly have the most competitive rate. So, at least that's my next step. How about you? I, li- I like that as well. Okay. And when you compare rates,
1: I'd actually say, uh, say something about this. I, lenders are different, right? So you can look at, uh, well, let's talk about this first. If you talk to a mortgage person, they are generally either a mortgage banker or a mortgage broker. A mortgage banker usually represents a single bank and they'll tell you what products that bank has to offer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A mortgage broker will go out and they can look at multiple different uh, banks and try to get you a rate uh, or, or try to get you what the best deal is from from those banks. Now, when mm-hmm. I just say that, it, it it might sound like, hey, I should go to a broker versus a banker. That's not necessarily the case because many times uh, a bank will offer a rate through their bankers that you cannot get through a broker. So the conclusion goes back to what Eric said is, uh, is, check what's out there and try to get the best rate. And uh, oftentimes you can get these institutions to sort of fight for you. So if you like one for, for whatever reason, let's say you're with a current bank and you just wanted to keep their relate, that relationship with the bank, but you can get a better rate elsewhere, Ask your current bank if they'll give you that better rate. Oftentimes, they have a little bit of wiggle room where they may be able to help you. Yeah, Another thing I'd say with competitive rates, I'm sorry, Eric, go ahead. Did you have something? Oh, no, to you keep going. Well, the other thing I'd say with competitive rates is make sure you're comparing apples to apples. A lot of times you'll go to, when you get a, a, a look for a mortgage, uh, they will ask you if you're about points on the loan. So a point is a percent. So if you're willing to pay a point, so uh, let's say it's a hundred thousand dollar loan again, you're willing to pay a point. That would mean you're paying a thousand dollars. You can get a better rate um, mm-hmm. versus paying no points, which is you know zero upfront for that, to, and then you get a different rate. Well, sometimes when you're comparing lenders, they will bake in uh, this point. Uh, and give you the rate. So then you'll go to lender A and they'll say, okay, the rate's 3.75. Mm-hmm. You'll go to lender B and it'll say 3.5 and we, we've we put in a point, right? And so you think, hey, lender B is giving me 3.5. Lender A is 3.75. Let's go for 3.5. It's not necessarily that simple because the second lender just added in a point, uh, which they may do as a standard. Some places just do that as a standard. As uh, as a standard when they give you the initial quote. So you want to make sure when you are comparing things,
2: you're comparing apples to apples. Yeah, that's a good point. And so here's what I'm going to say about points. Um, Once upon a time I was super anti points. I just thought like, Oh, that's a, that's a little bit of a, that's a little bit of a, you know, a teaser rate kind of (laughs) coming back to it. It's just a hidden cost in a teaser rate. But, but really, as I thought about it and done, Looking at looked at that a little bit more closely. If you're going to be in a place for a while, you know, you're going to be in this house for, let's say, 10, 15, 20 or longer years, it might make sense to get that lower rate baked in for the long haul. By paying a little bit more upfront. So this is, there's now there's a time value of money element that I'm leaving out of this following statement. And there's, there's also the inflation adjusted value of money, which I'm also leaving out of this statement. But if you're, if you want to super, super simplify it in, in this particular case, if the, if that you're paying one point on a hundred thousand dollar mortgage, meaning you're going to pay an additional thousand dollars up front in order to get that lower rate. You can just ask yourself, well then what does it do to my monthly payment Mm -hmm. thereafter? Uh in in terms of how much is my monthly payment reduced? If it's reduced by let's say $25 a month, then you could say, well I'll recover I'll recover that in essentially 40 months. You know, if you're thinking about that in those in those terms, the other part of it might be though. So you could look at what's the actual print, principal addition that I would be making uh, as a result. What's the principal difference? Where would I be from a the 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 actual total loan pay down forty months out, or how many ever months out? And just see, will I be living in the house that long? And if I'll be living in the house that long, it might make all the sense in the world to just go ahead and pay that point or. And we're just simplifying it as though it's one point. You'll see instances where it'll be one quarter of a point, and I've seen it all the way up to two points. So it can be scaled. Um, and, but you can work with the lender or lenders to, to evaluate what the different options are based on no points at all up to you know some reasonable, you know, let's say, like I said before, a couple points possibly. And Eric, here's where
1: I, I would change one thing that you said, which mm-hmm. is um, worth noting, but it's a guessing game. It's not only how long will you be in the property, but how long will you have the mortgage? There's right? a good point. Yeah. yeah. Going going back to two years ago, you know, this person buying in July of 18, mm-hmm. uh, maybe they thought they'd be in the property for for forever, <laughs> but they, for, for whatever reason, thought interest rates would get lower, mm-hmm. right? And so for that reason, they said, well, I don't want to pay a point because I think I'll refinance. Right. In the future. Now, that's totally a guess and speculative. You could be you could be wrong on on that yes. guess. Uh, so you don't want to uh, make your decision based on that alone. But I think right. it's a factor worth
2: worth noting. Absolutely. Well, that's a great point because it. Yeah, it's not the it's not the duration in the home. It's the duration in the mortgage.
1: Yes, and so I'm going to go to the next piece. Then, so once again, uh, and I'll summarize this at the end again rate looks good. I'll recoup the closing costs. I've gone to a bunch of lenders and I've gotten some competitive, competitive rates. Uh, The next thing I would look at and tell me if I'm missing something first, um, uh, or we've already started talking about this, but not only the type of loan when we mentioned arm versus, uh, versus a, a standard fixed rate loan, but I also think it's now worth discussing duration. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you had yes. mentioned this at the very beginning, Eric, the big thing that with refinancing, let's say you've been in the property for 10 years and you had a 30 year loan, mm-hmm. you refinance your rates a lot better. Your monthly savings is not only because the rates lower. Mm-hmm. It's also because if you're getting another 30 year loan, you're now extending that loan by 10 years. Mm-hmm. So my example was you got a property in 2010, that mortgage would have been paid off in 2040 if you got a 30-year loan. Now it's 2020 and you're refinancing and you're looking at this huge monthly savings, but if you're getting another 30-year loan, you've just extended your loan to 2050. Right. right? And Eric, I'm gonna let you continue from there because this was one of the first things you you brought up was uh, making sure you manage the duration of your loan and look at your equity and amortization. So please expand on that.
2: Well, I think the point is obvious. And Adrian, maybe, do you, maybe you want to talk about this. Uh, and, and if so, I'll make way for you. Is this something you'd like to address?
3: Yeah, I mean, the duration, the interest rate environment are all, I think, very really important factors when you consider do, doing this refinancing. And I think um, how you mentioned it, too, just trying to reduce that monthly payment and understanding the inflation impact of it are all really important because again, you don't want it to impact your cash flow as well.
1: Well, and I'm going to put a scenario around this just to, just to bring it home further. You bought this property in 2010, you plan on retiring in 2040. So you got a 30 year loan and you're going to retire in 30 years. It's now 2020 and you're refinancing, right? So, so you've got to decide, do I, um, uh, do I refinance for thirty years have this big savings, but now my mortgage goes ten years into my retirement, or do I look at a twenty year loan or a fifteen year loan right so if you If you use a fifteen year loan in this in this example you 'll now pay the entire loan off in twenty five years you did ten years on loan. A, you then refinanced and do 15 years on loan B. And that's where I think you've, you've got to think about cash flow. Right. So I, uh, I dealt with this scenario recently. Uh, I have a client who's in the mortgage process, which means they've applied for the mortgage, got approved and everything, and they've uh, established a, a date to close their loan in a, in a couple months. But this is their scenario exactly. So what we looked at is, okay, here's your savings. You could save, I don't remember the numbers, but let's just say it's $600 a month, right? You can save $600 a month and you get another 30 year loan, but you've extended your loan by 10 years. You'll pay your house now over 40 years versus over 30. Or you could get a, a, um, a 15 year loan. And then that, 15-year loan. Instead of saving money every month, you've got to pay more money. This was their scenario. Yeah. You'd have to pay more money every month. But now you've got a, you've paid your house off in total over 25 years versus 30. Or you could do a 20-year loan. And in their case, they'd have to pay an extra $100 a month. I don't remember the exact savings for the 30-year. Mm-hmm. So let me go with my hypothetical. So 30-year loan, save $700 a month. 15-year mm-hmm. uh, loan, pay an extra 500 a month mm-hmm. or 20 year loan and pay an extra hundred a month. So we went through their financial plan and we talked about all these things. So we looked at the interest rate savings first, it was a check there. And then when we discussed what their plans were for the house uh, at right re- at this point, they plan on living in this house forever. Uh, so, so um, now they are, Relatively young to make that decision, uh, but we can only base it on what we know now. And when I say relatively young to make that decision, they're in their 40s. They their plan is to retire in this house, and um, I say they're young for this decision because a lot of people when they hit retirement, things will change. Mm -hmm. Maybe the house they they currently they're in the house with their three kids, it might be too much to maintain. They might want to be on you know one floor uh, living versus multiple floors. So things can change, but based on the information we have now, they plan on living in the property forever. So, um, and they can afford the extra hundred bucks a month. So why not in their case paid off in, in 20 years? Mm-hmm. So I started this by saying, uh, when you're Getting your mortgage, you've got to recognize that your savings is not all just the interest rate. It's also that you're extending the term of your loan. Right. And you've got to then decide, do I want to extend the term of, of my loan? A lot of people will just look at the savings, they'll say, hey, I'm going to have an extra $500 a month or $300 a month or whatever it is, and that's all they fixate on. They don't right. think about the other end where they're like, yeah, well, I'm going to pay my house over an extra 10 years. Though. Right.
2: I think that's such an important point because I think some people really, they're not thinking about the, the actual cost of things. They're thinking about the payment of things. Yes. And and so they're very payment-focused. Well, I'll get my payment down. I'll get my payment down. Great. <laughs> but you're you're what you're really saying is is that you're not thinking about anything more than this month next month and the next month and yes. we're one of the things that you know wise stewardship of the resources that you have includes thinking about the implications in 10 15 20 25 years of decisions that you're making right now um, what i what i want to do as an advocate here is to say If you refinance, and it might make good sense for you to do that, think about if your situation is such, even in the downturn that we're facing right now, sort of this sudden drop in the markets and and, and uh, everything surrounding the coronavirus and everything that's uh, with questions about, you know, 10 million people have gone on to the unemployment rolls in the last three weeks or so. And, you know, all of these dramatic changes. If you're in the fortunate position to still have the cash flow to support it and you refinance, I want to encourage you to not lower what you're actually applying toward that mortgage. Just use the interest rate opportunity to get yourself out of that debt faster because every, if you make that same exact payment less now will be going to interest and more will be going to principal and you'll wrap up that loan even faster than, uh, than you had been before. In that sense, it's a way of, of taking this opportunity. Well, in the, making lemonade out of lemons, right? So the lemon is that we're having this this kind of traumatic moment uh, in in the markets and the economy and in, the, in a worldwide pandemic. But if you can turn that to your advantage, so that ten years from now, your are that much better off, I would say go for it. In fact, if you can even add a little more and kind of accelerate the payoff of that, so much the better. That's just more is going into your pocket, less is going into interest. I'll just say this, you might elect, and even using the scenario that I just developed where you're maintaining that same payment, you might elect to say, look, I'm 10 years away from paying off this house, I'll go ahead and get a 15 year rather than a 10 year mortgage, but I'll pay it as if it were a 10-year mortgage. And then if you wind up running into, you know, some to some difficulty, let's say you get laid off or whatever, mm-hmm. now you can dial back your payment to the stipulated level of the loan and and recover a little bit of, you know, liberate a little bit of monthly cash flow when it's needed, but not just merely uh, sort of blindly right now, pursue lower payments, lower payments, lower payments uh, anyway that's that's what I would advocate I like that I'm
1: going to challenge you on that, okay. Mm -hmm. markets are low. Let's say I'm a good saver. Why shouldn't I refinance my loan? I'm giving you an extreme example. Sure. Why shouldn't I refinance it for the longest duration, get the maximum monthly savings I can from my payment. Mm -hmm. And instead of paying my old loan, take those same dollars and and dollar cost average
2: into the market. You know what? That's a good point. And uh, I absolutely think that in the long run, let's say twenty or thirty years from now, you might be better off for having done that. But one of those there's one of those has a very certain outcome, which is yeah. getting your home paid off. And the other has a somewhat less certain outcome. I mean, we think I I think we would agree we're probably not in this business because we're we're skeptical of the capacity of markets yeah. to rise over the course of a 30 year period. So I, I mean well, I think you're probably a, Yeah, go ahead. Well, I like what you
1: say. I just want to expand and give detail on the certain and uncertain outcomes. So let's just say that mortgage rate is is 3.5%, let's say 4%, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what Eric's means with the certain outcome is by paying extra to your mortgage, you are saving that 4% in interest you would owe on mm-hmm. that additional Amount Because you paid down your principal because you paid extra. And the uncertain outcome he's referring to, uh, I'd actually say it's two things. And tell me if I'm wrong, but I think first you're referring to the markets themselves. Right. Will the markets themselves grow? The other part I'd add on to the uncertain outcome is will you actually save that money? Right. And that's why I said at the beginning, let's say it's a discipline saver, because uh-huh. I think that assumption is necessary in this scenario. Yeah. And it is a very big assumption. I have clients that I would feel totally comfortable doing this with. Period. And I have clients that I would have to say, I'm sorry to say this, but you've never been a discipline saver your whole life. Right. Why would I believe you're gonna do that now? Right. Right. So yeah. so it,
2: it does come down to the individual also. Completely agree with that. Yes, completely agree with that. So you, you got to so know yourself is right. <laughs> and, yes. And uh, and don't don't shy away from structuring things in such a way that they force you to be a saver uh, mm-hmm. by by having to pound away at that mortgage. But I do think there's so much to be said for mortgage freedom. That um, while it may not be from a pure mathematical standpoint the most rational path to um, wealth maximization, I do think it might be the path for many people to uh, the sense of contentment maximization because they uh, have lived they've gotten free of owing a penny to anyone. And I'd actually
1: expand on that word and I'd say freedom maximization. There you go. Right? Just yeah. because that mortgage payment, um, uh, not only is it usually one of the highest payments as a percentage of someone's uh, expenses, mm-hmm. uh, but it is also the, um, it's your home. Knowing you own it outright will give you, uh, this additional feeling of freedom and liberation, Mm -hmm. uh, versus having the mortgage. Mm -hmm. So, uh, one other thing though, when, when we're talking about, uh, this subject and the, the uncertainty and the, uh, the forced savings and, and, uh, knowing yourself, Mm -hmm. I think it's also worthwhile to do the math on it, right? Like that you'll hear people say the the general, uh, things people say on mortgages is it's deductible and you'll never get a cheaper loan and they'll use the finance term low. You won't get a lower cost of capital though. That's accurate. Uh, you're unlikely to get a lower cost of capital. It is deductible. All that, all that's accurate. Mm -hmm. If you do the math, you realize, um, how big or small of a decision is this? And is it worthwhile for you? Mm -hmm. Uh, not quite in this environment. I did this for a client once where they went to their they're retired mortgages paid off. They did their taxes one year and their CPA said, hey, you've got no deductions. You should consider getting a mortgage now. They are conservative investors. Mm-hmm. So being my analytical side comes out and I said, all right, let me do the math on this. And they were looking at, I can't remember if it was a hundred or $120,000 loan, so on, r- roughly in that neighborhood, under one hundred twenty. I did the math and I said, okay, when you break it all down based on you, know, you being a conservative investor, you'll have probably $1,200 more per year in your pocket. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I then did the same thing. They're conservative, but just to give a comparison, I did the same thing with aggressive. And it was still under $2,000. Let's say, okay, now you have 2000 a year extra in your pocket. And then the question I asked is, is uh, $1,200 extra a year or 2000 extra a year worth you having a mortgage and having to have the payment and ju- just knowing that it's out there just to create a little bit of a tax deduction? And they decided no. I would have decided no. Uh, as well. Mm -hmm. But what's worth noting, the deduction that you get on mortgage interest is based on interest you're paying, you're getting a deduction on a cost, right? You're incurring a cost to create the deduction, right? (laughs) So you've got to figure out how much better off are you. And uh, Eric, as you said, wealth maximization, Uh, are you in a in a mode where you 're trying to maximize wealth, will it have a significant impact on your life, or are you following what people say is is uh, you know, conventional wisdom but may or may not be worthwhile
2: for you
3: mm.
2: I uh, would say probably time for us to wrap this up and then we 'll attack our next uh, topic and our next um, in our next podcast. Are you guys good with that I completely agree okay. I, I think we've we've covered
1: a lot on mortgages giving giving our um, Uh, Our listeners, a lot to think about. Adrian or Eric, do you have anything to add before I I I just summarize this?
3: I think we touched on some great points, really, you know, looking at the time frame, that sort of freedom you get if you can accelerate by paying paying off your mortgage. I think we're all some really good points.
1: So I'll just summarize. If you're thinking about refinancing a few, but not a few items to think about, but this is not a um, complete list are potential interest rate savings, the time to recoup the closing cost, your long-term plans for the property, getting a competitive interest rate and uh, determining what duration of loan makes sense for you. Not just Uh, payment, but for your long-term plans and your lifestyle. Thank you very much for listening to us. This has been the Retirement Lifestyle Show. Uh, We hope you find this helpful. Please let your friends know about us. Give us five stars. Uh, We're here to help. So please reach out to us via email, social media, um, uh, LinkedIn, you name it. We would love to answer your questions. We've gotten a few over the last couple weeks. Uh, We hope you have the financial independence of your dreams and thank you for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to the Retirement Lifestyle Show. If you found this show helpful, gained knowledge, or enjoyed the time you spent with Roshan, Eric, and Adrian, tell your friends and leave us a five-star review. This will help others discover the show. To access our show notes, download any of the tools mentioned in today's podcast, or to ask us a question, go to retirewithroshan.com. That's retire with Roshan. R-O-S-H-A-N dot com. All opinions expressed by podcast hosts and guests are solely their own. While based on information they believe is reliable, neither Arate Wealth nor its affiliates warrants its completeness or accuracy, nor do their opinions reflect the opinion of Arate Wealth. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and should not be regarded as specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. Finally, our music is The Chance by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. It's part of the YouTube Audio Library and it's licensed under a Creative Commons license. Thank you for listening.